Jesus was dead and buried. Jesus was truly dead and totally buried. Over the last two Sundays, we have been reading about the crucifixion and burial of Jesus Christ. Two weeks ago, we started in chapter 19 as Jesus was made to carry his own cross to his own execution. And then he was nailed to it. And he fought to breathe, fighting asphyxiation, pushing up with his legs to open the chest cavity so air could get in. And then how long can you stay that way? Not very long. He would slump back down and then stop breathing. Excruciating pain. We get that word excruciating from the cross. Cruci. Excruciating pain and anguish and agony and thirst and horror and shame. And then death. True death, not faked, not almost there, but certifiably dead. His executioners knew their business and they knew they had accomplished their mission. Jesus was killed. And then he was buried. A couple of disciples who had been secret disciples stepped out of the darkness and at some risk to themselves took possession of the lifeless corpse, the body of Jesus, and laid it nearby in a freshly dug tomb that had never yet been used by the owners. Everybody knew where it was. It was close to Skull Hill where Jesus had been killed in a little garden nearby, very easily locatable, even in the dark. Even though he had died with nothing and was treated as less than nothing, in his burial, he had been treated royally, wrapped with 75 pounds of spices intertwined in linen strips. But it had been done hastily because the sun was going down and the Sabbath was beginning. And all night Friday and all day Saturday, Nothing happened. Jesus was dead and buried. And with Jesus, all of his disciples' hopes were dead and buried as well. Jesus was dead and buried. And then came Sunday morning. The first resurrection Sunday. Look with me at the historical record, John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. It's early on Sunday morning. Anybody get up early this morning before the sun came up? I got a text before the sun came up. Do you guys have a sunrise service? Ah, this would have been a good Sunday for it, though it might have snowed on us. No, but Christ is risen. It's dark. Mary, this Mary from Magdala, was one of the women there on Friday who had to watch that monstrous thing happen to Jesus. She went to the tomb, the other Gospels tell us, with those other women to finish the rust job that Joe and Nick had done on Friday evening as the Sabbath fell. 
And as the sun starts to come up over the horizon, the shadows are going the other direction. They're going away. Mary sees that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And what does she think? Does she think, hooray, Christ is risen indeed? No, that's not on her mind. She thinks, grave robbers. Those guys put 75 pounds of expensive spices in that tomb. Myrrh and aloes. That was a burial fit for a king. Of course they're going to rob the grave. Somebody's made off with the body. I better go tell Peter. Verse 2. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. It's terrible. He's not only dead, but now his body is stolen. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Now remember that other disciple, we saw this last couple weeks, that other disciple is probably John, the guy writing this story out for us. He is so bowled over by the idea that Jesus loved him, he can't get over it, and he's full of grief. He and Peter run to the tomb, leaving Mary behind. Verse 4, both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. I love those eyewitness details, don't you? There's no deep spiritual point to all of that. It's just history. It's just how it all actually happened. John got there first, but for some reason stayed outside. Maybe he couldn't bring himself to look. Verse 6. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. Classic Peter, right? Barges in. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Huh. This does not look, the, this does not look like the work of grave robbers, does it? They left the valuable spices wrapped up in the linens. They folded up the headcloth? I don't think so. This does not look like a robbery. Verse 8. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now, Peter has seen it with his own eyes, but he's not sure what he's seen. The other Gospels tell us that he went away marveling over this and trying to Figure it all out. What happened? I almost titled this sermon, What? What? Like Mary gets to the tomb, What? She tells John and Peter, They go, What? They run and look inside the tomb, They go, What? But John says that at that moment, The penny dropped. He got it. John understood. Jesus is alive. Now John, he says he didn't understand the Old Testament, that the Old Testament had always pointed towards the Messiah dying and rising again. Like Psalm 16, verse 10, that we studied last year on Resurrection Sunday, out there in the big parking lot, where David wrote, ultimately for the Christ, you, Lord, will not abandon me, Christ, to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. John says he didn't understand all that, 
but he did believe that Jesus was alive again. And so should we. I want to give out just two points of application this morning, summing up, summed up in just two words. Here's the first one. Believe. Believe. Like John does here in verse 8, believe that Jesus of Nazareth has come back from the dead. This isn't just a, a myth. It's not just a fable or a fairy tale or a nice story. It's not just a metaphor. A cute little story to explain how sweet the season of spring is. No, this is reality. This is historical fact. And it changes everything. Believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. Amen? Christ is risen. Indeed. That means for real. Christ has risen for real. Ryan, Jordan, and Leo have come to believe that Jesus is alive again, and that's why they're going through with baptism this morning. None of them want attention. None of them love to speak in public. All three of them believe that Jesus is alive. All three of them believe that Jesus was truly dead and buried and is alive once more. Watch them show it by being buried in the water, and coming back out again themselves. Do you believe? I love how John has not yet seen the risen Jesus, and yet he already believes. Because that's like you and me, right? Have you seen the Lord? Probably most of us have not. It'd be wonderful to see him with our own eyes, and one day we will. Somebody is just about to in the next part of the story. But if you, you don't have to see it to believe it. Later on in this very chapter, Jesus says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Do you believe? Here's how blessed you are if you believe. John said earlier, back in chapter 1 of his, of his gospel, To all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. Ryan, Jordan, and Leo have become children of God. They believe that Jesus died for their sins and came back to life to give them eternal life with Him. Believe. Mary did not yet believe. Mary didn't understand what had happened. Apparently, she made her way back to the garden Missed Peter and John and everybody else. And she just stood there outside the tomb and cried. Look at verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. The Greek word for crying there might be better translated wailing. She was sobbing. She was overwhelmed with emotion. It's the same word used in John chapter 11 to describe how everybody was feeling when Lazarus died. That kind of grieving, sobbing, wailing, crying. I've only cried like that a few times in my life. One time was 23 years ago today. 23 years ago 
This weekend, our oldest daughter, Carice, died in utero. And I wailed in that hospital room like I had never wailed before. Mary's Lord was just as dead. And now his body was stolen and she was inconsolable. And then she saw something mysterious and amazing. Look at verse 11. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, Madam, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. Verse 14. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Why was that, do you think? Why didn't she recognize him? Well, it might have been because it was still early and dark. It might have been because she was looking through tears. You ever try to look at anything through tears? It might have been because she didn't look very closely. She was kind of half-turned that way. It might have been because she was somehow kept spiritually from recognizing him. That happens too. It might have been because he looked different after having been tortured. Either he looked worse or he looked better than she had seen him in a long time. And especially since how she had last seen him on the cross. We don't know. Personally, I think it's just because she didn't expect to see Jesus. You see what you expect to see most of the time, right? She didn't expect to see Jesus. Jesus was dead. But he wasn't dead. And then he speaks to her. Verse 15. Woman, madam, ma'am. He said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? When I read it, it's all, there's a smile in his voice. Who is it you're looking for? I, I see a twinkle in his eye. I see that he knows what's going to happen as the light dawns for her. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. She saw what she expected to see. She's in a garden. She expects to see a gardener. But he was not what she expected to see. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, just like he always did. Mary, my sheep know my voice. Mary, she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. What a moment. I'm thinking she probably said, what? (laughs) What? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what she felt like? His sheep know his voice. It was him. It was the teacher. It was the Lord. It was Jesus back from the dead. Christ is risen. Indeed. In my mind, she falls at his feet and grabs him around the knees. I can't imagine how I would have felt if our daughter had come back to life 23 years ago today. I wouldn't have ever let go of her. But Jesus says, let me go. Okay, let me go. Look at verse 17. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, 
In other words, don't cling to me. For I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I think the point here is, it's okay, Mary. It's okay. Yes, I'm alive. And I'm not going anywhere just yet. I'm going to be ascending to the Father, but there's still more time for us to be together. It's okay. It's understandable. But you don't have to cling to me. Instead, I have a mission for you. Go tell my brothers, the disciples, that I am ascending to my Father. He's not just my Father. He's your Father. Do you see that? He's not just my God, Jesus says, even though he was his like nobody else's, but he's also your God. You disciples are children of God because you believe in me to become children of God. Go tell them that. And that's our second and last point of application this morning. Tell. Tell. Believe that Jesus has risen from the dead and tell others that Jesus has risen indeed. That's what Mary did. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. That's what you and I are supposed to be doing with our lives in 2022. Just like Mary. We're to go tell the brothers, like this morning, like everybody here on our campus, and go also and tell the world that Christ has risen indeed. And that's what Ryan and Jordan and Leo are prepared to do right now.